Welcome to the day after Christmas. How you doing, friend? I hope you had a great celebration yesterday and that it will continue today and for the rest of the year and into the next, we can celebrate the incarnation every day of the year, can't we? This is Chris Fabry Live. I'm Chris Fabry. Today, we're going to begin a series of conversations here at the end of the year that I think will be a great way to say goodbye to 2023. A program's recorded. Don't call in today, but let me ask you an important question. Do you feel guilty for not reading your Bible? Do you hear programs that encourage you to read the scriptures and it produces this feeling inside that you don't measure up, you're a bad person, and you know you ought to read your Bible? You believe it has words of life, but something's holding you back, and that makes you feel even worse. Kristen is going to join us today from September, and I think she is going to try to make us uh, not feel guilty about not reading the Bible. She's going to make us feel hungry, or perhaps point out the hunger that is already there. Let me ask you this. When you get hungry, do you feel guilty about it? Oh, I shouldn't be hungry. I just ate six hours ago. I'm such a loser for being hungry. No, you get hungry because it's natural to get hungry. And if it's time to eat something, you eat so you don't pass out. There's no guilt because your body needs something it doesn't have. Well, in the same way, our guest says we are spiritually hungry, but we don't realize what we're really hungry for. And we could try to sate ourselves with things that will never satisfy. But it feels like those things assuage that inner longing and thirst for a while, but they don't last. Encouragement for your soul is coming straight ahead on Chris Fabry Live. Thanks for joining us at the Radio Backyard Fence, helping out behind the scenes. Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Tricia is our producer. Again, we're not live, so don't call us today. We are down to the last few days of the year, the calendar year end, a really important time for ministries. And I want to do something different today. We have our offer of my novel, Saving Grace. And for anyone who gives a gift to this program, Chris Fabry Live, go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org or call 866-95-FABRY. But I want to highlight another great ministry, and that is this radio station. If you are listening via a radio station, I want you to think of the people who faithfully get up early every morning and host the morning show, the office staff who answer the phone and do the daily tasks that aren't as upfront as a voice on the air but are important, the engineers, the, the music that's played, the encouragement, the weather, school closing, if you have those in your area, the fact that they are right there in your community, connected with churches, connected with ministries. I think your local station deserves to be mentioned here at the end of the year. So if you're listening by radio, would you reach out to them? Tell them that you're grateful if you haven't done that. And if you have, maybe in the last few days of the year, give a little extra. I know they'll appreciate it. If your station relies on the support of listeners, call them. Go to their website. Be as generous as you can. If this is a commercial station, tell them thank you and listen to those who advertise and tell them you hear about them on this station. Everybody wins when you support your local station. Do that today if you can, friend. Today we're going back to September for a conversation we had with Kristen Weatherall. She's a pastor's wife. She's a mom of three. She's a writer. She's a speaker. She's an editor. She does it all. She's the author of a number of books, 
including our featured resource today, which is Help for the Hungry Soul. She's also co-author of the award-winning Hope When It Hurts. She lives near Chicago. She's going to give us eight encouragements to grow our appetite for God's Word today. Kristen, how in the world are you? I am a little tired today, Chris. Not going to lie to you. <laughs> it's What's those going three on? babies. Those no, my babies. husband, my sweet, precious husband is uh, down in Indianapolis at the Gospel Coalition's National Conference. That's right. And um, yeah, so I am, I'm holding down the fort these three days. And let's just say my mama ears were tuned last night. Nobody woke up, but my mama ears were tuned. So yes. I woke up probably way too many times just uh, checking in on everybody. <laughs> right. That's the hard thing. So what are the ages of your three now? Sure. Yeah. My daughter, my eldest is almost six. My son is three and a half and my little Lydia is eight months old. <laughs> so the big question is what's going on with them now in this hour? Might you have to go out and see them while we talk about this? Yeah. No, I, I told your producer, Ryan, that that might have almost been the case because I had sincere mom brain and thought that we were getting on at 2.30. So praise the Lord that he had me get on with Ryan a bit early because my kids totally would have been hanging out with us, snack yeah. in hand. But they are with a dear friend of mine from church. So praise God. That's great. That is great. Well, you have done a really good job with this. And I, I'll, first thing I'll say about what you've written here is that I had never thought about this before in quite this way. And that is, you write, what did the serpent use to tempt Eve to disobedience? He used appetite. He used her hunger for this fruit that God said, you can have anything here, but not that right there. And that's what he used. That's important, isn't it? Well, it is important because... Adam and Eve were also were, were created by God to hunger for him. And how did he intend to satisfy that hunger was his word, his promise to them. And so it's interesting because when you read the account in Genesis 3 of what happened between the serpent and Eve, uh, Genesis tells us that the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. And so she took of its fruit and she ate. So the serpent is appealing to this God-given desire that we have to listen to someone, to worship someone. And yet Eve looked before her, and this was literal food, right? This was a, this was a tree full of fruit. And she chose to listen to the serpent's words instead of God's. And isn't that what we struggle with day by day? The same thing. So the problem is not the hunger. The hunger is actually good and God-given. It's what we use to assuage the hunger, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Where, where do I go with the ache in my soul that I wake up with every day for longing, you know, for purpose, for uh, a mission, for uh, a sense of identity. Where do I go with that? Because where I go with it makes all the difference in the world. Um, the hunger is good. The hunger was given to us by the one we are meant to be hungry for. But the question is, what do we do with it? And then, you know, in, especially in the church, you've been around the church for any amount of time, the Bible, the Bible, you need to read the Bible, you need to read the Bible. And somebody who does not have that hunger or who says, I read it and I just don't 
you know, it's, it's like broccoli or whatever. I just don't want it right now. You can't give that to somebody else. So there, it almost feels like to me in the book that you are trying to gently lead us, lead our own hearts and then model that for other people so they, they can see, well, maybe there is something here that's, that's good here for me. Yes. I think I even say somewhere in the book, I hope that while you're reading this book, you will read the book. Because I can I can kind of whet your appetite a little bit. I hope that the book is full of God's Word and full of Scripture. But that's not the end. The end is seeking God in His Word. I asked the question on Facebook back in September of our listeners, and uh, coming up in our next segment, you're going to hear what they said, how they responded. Kristen Weatherall is our guest today at the Radio Backyard Fence. She has written Help for the Hungry Soul. I think this conversation and that book is really going to encourage you, especially here at the end of the year when we take, uh, take stock of our souls. We'll hear more straight ahead on Moody Radio. Find a lot of parallels between our subject today and the topic of prayer, because I'm juxtaposing those in my mind as I go through this with Kristen Weatherall. Are you frustrated with your Bible reading? Do you have a lack of desire to dig into the Word? That's the question I asked on Facebook. And one representative remark was, I find it easy to do devotions, but actual reading Scripture is harder. I understand the Bible. When I start to read it, my mind wanders. I asked Jesus to help me stay on track. So there is this um, distraction uh, problem that people have, and that is, that's ubiquitous. It's all over the place. And then I started reading this, Kristen. Um, Lisa Ann says, I am in several wonderful online and in-person Bible studies. It makes Bible reading and study come into even more clear focus. And several other people said the same thing. It was when I, I did struggle on my own, Barbara says, then I found a church with a small midweek community group that meets to pray together and discuss the passages covered in the Sunday sermons and that has kept me more focused. So do you find that um, Bible reading kind of comes alive or it's helped when you have other people around you to, to walk the trail with you? Absolutely. Oh, that makes me smile hearing her, hearing her write that. Um, so when we think about what God's Word actually is, overarchingly, God directs His words to His gathered people. To the church, and so you know, in the in our Western culture, especially, we we tend to disconnect Bible reading from the church and think of it in a very individualistic way. You know, I have my personal quiet time, which is a very good thing, and God wants us to walk with Him. He wants us to hold fast to His Word when we're alone in the room or at our desk or in our car. But when we think about what God's Word is. It is God's words directed to his gathered people. So this means that your church matters so much to the satisfying of your soul. And so I love that, the the idea of um, joining a small group that's around the word or discussing the sermon. uh, That is one way that we are fed and that our hunger is satisfied. 
you mentioned quiet time. So you're you're not telling people don't uh, don't have a quiet time. It's not no. <laughs> it's not good for you. No, it's good. <laughs> but we can get off track. And and one way that we do that is because we're individualistic or we're so focused on me and my needs and what I'm going through. And here's the question I have for you, God. Then I interpret Scripture through my need <laughs> rather than mm. letting you know. Instead of hearing God speak to me what He wants to say, I hear Him say what I think I want to hear Him say. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and there's nothing wrong with um, asking the Lord, God, how do you want me to apply Your Word? That's a really good question. But when we're coming to the Word as uh, a way to solve our problems, as a way to check a to-do off our list, as a way to gain knowledge. But we're not coming to the Word to commune with God and to walk with Him and to know Him as a person through His Son, Jesus Christ, then we're actually missing the point. So the point of the Bible is is not just—I mean, you get— knowledge from it, you get wisdom from it, you're challenged, you're comforted, all of those things. But the main reason you're coming there is a relationship with a real person. That's what you're saying. That's right. Yes. Couldn't have said it better myself. We're coming to the Word because God has made it possible to come to Him through His Son, Jesus. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to us so that we could come to God. And it's such a beautiful thing to think that we could abide in a friendship with the Lord, the living Lord of the universe. And how how do I how do I do this? How can I do this? It's through a book. I don't think that we really stop to think about it that way. A supernatural miracle is happening through a really natural act. That's actually Pastor John Piper's words um, in his book, Reading the Bible Supernaturally. He says. You know, look at this book that you're holding. You can touch it. You can feel it in your hands. You can see the words on the pages, but a supernatural thing is happening through it. It's just a miracle of God's grace. As I was going through your book and then thinking about scripture, you also tell stories of people who are living right now who have gone through this. And I want you to get to some of those. But I was thinking of those who are talked about in scripture, even in the parables of Jesus, the prodigal. The prodigal is hungry. You know, he he asked for his inheritance. He went and squandered it. But he was really, and it was his hunger in one sense that brought him back to his father, that reminded him. His older brother was hungry. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they were hungry too, but they were sating themselves by their own righteousness, and they missed God in their midst <laughs> right there in front yes. of them. So all just about everybody, you can talk about everybody in, from Adam and Eve all the way through the New Testament, everybody's hungry there, aren't they? That's right. That's right. And I love that you just brought up the story of the prodigal son, because the father is always waiting. He's always waiting for his son to come home. And my mother says something beautiful. She says every time she opens her Bible, she prays, thank you, God, for waiting for me. <laughs> and I think just that's that's such a beautiful picture of what this is. It's the living God of the universe um, who has spoken to us, who has communicated with us in a book, and he's waiting for us to open it. So it's not something that, you know, we're just supposed to do. It's, it is, it is a command of scripture in that God wants us to love him. Um, but it's a get to, it's an invitation, you know, from Isaiah 55, 
God says, come to the waters, all who you are, all, all who are thirsty, you know, come by and eat. And then he says, why do you spend your money for the things that will not satisfy you? And come and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. He's inviting us to feast on him. What about somebody who says, it's easy for you, Kristen. I mean, you've you got it easy with those three kids. You know, you got a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> expendable time in your day. Or, you know, your husband's a pastor. You probably have studied this, you know, studied the Bible for us. So it's you understand all the terms, you know what propitiation means and all that. And I don't, and I, you know, I get distracted. What do you say to that person? Uh, uh, Bible reading's easy for you. I don't have the desire. Hmm. Yeah, I'd love to have a conversation with that person because I would tell them that I'm in a dry spell right now. <laughs> and there are times when I just struggle to want to open my Bible. And it doesn't matter how much, you know, quote unquote knowledge you have. It doesn't matter that your pastor is a husband or not. Um, we all struggle because we're human with the result of Adam and Eve's choice in the garden. And that means that our desires have been incredibly twisted. And so in my flesh, apart from the Holy Spirit, renewing my desires, I would much rather kick my feet up and open my phone and scroll. (laughs) It's easier. Um, You know, I would much rather go about my day before starting in the Word and just start checking to-dos off my list. Um, Just like you, I need the Holy Spirit to draw me and to show me my need and to do a work in me that I, I can't create myself. Yes. And that's one of the chapters I want you to talk about, plead for a holy hunger. Let me give you our our number, folks, because I really want you to get involved with the conversation today, because my guess is there's somebody who woke up today, and you had no idea you're going to be on the radio. You maybe never would call a program like this, but you have had this experience where you knew that you wanted to read the Bible for a long time. It just kind of sat there, and maybe you even forced yourself to do it because you wanted something to happen, and nothing happened for a long time, but then something did. I want you to tell me about that hunger inside and what God did through the reading of his word. If you have a story along those lines that may encourage somebody else who's right where you were, 877 548-3675, 877-548-3675. Kristen Weatherall is with us today. If you go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org, you'll see her book, Help for the Hungry Soul, Eight Encouragements to Grow Your Appetite for God's Word. Click through to today's information right there at chrisfabrylive.org. Part of the... uh, the equation, if you will, the spiritual equation that you're talking about is I don't seek after God in myself. He draws me. I have a hunger for him that I don't really know it's him, but I don't realize that until he does this work inside. And I'm not saying that it's that we don't respond to that, but really it's his initiative that draws us to himself And so this chapter on pleading for a holy hunger, even that is something that he initiates. Or or do you you agree with that? Oh, yeah, I fully agree with that. Uh, The hunger, I mean, he initiated it by creating us, right? We're made for him, as we mentioned before. Um, And and the hunger for God, for his word, this this desire to actually want to get in the word, that that absolutely comes from him. Even the good work of cracking open my Bible— even if it takes a huge cup of coffee to get me to do it, 
that's a good work that comes from God because he's the source of all of our good works. Um, but I think it's, I think it's helpful too, to remember that, um, the hunger does not come apart from the word. In other words, we could feel discouraged because, oh, I just, I'm not hungry for my Bible. So I'm just not going to get it. I'm just going to wait for God to give me the hunger, but he doesn't provide the hunger apart from his word. They're intimately connected. Uh, Peter in his in his letter talks about uh, the church longing like newborn infants for the pure spiritual milk. And there's a there's an illustration there of of a hungry infant, and this infant has to put him or herself in the position to receive milk from mom or dad. Now the infant's not producing the milk, right? They're they're receiving the milk, but they have to put themselves in the position to receive it first. And so. The best first step, if we feel stuck, if anybody's listening and you feel like, you know, I don't even know where to, where to start, the best place to start is just to start <laughs> and to open the word, to open the word somewhere. Maybe you decide to, you know, follow a plan if you're not sure where to start or ask a friend, ask your pastor. He would be delighted to help you there. Um, it's just to start and then to trust God's promise that he actually creates the hunger through his words. Yes. Because that's one of the, I watched one of the podcasts that you did that the the hunger well it's it's like we used to do we had a, a little uh, pump a little you know, a water spout down by the creek that we'd feed the cows with when I grew up on the farm mm. and you could pump that thing you raise the handle up and down and up and down all you wanted to and it wouldn't go it wouldn't you know, just be yellow jackets in there. But when you poured in some water, when you primed it, and then you started pumping, boom, you had enough water for the whole herd had come. And that's what Mm -hmm. happens, I think. That's what you're describing with God's Word. You prime yourself, you begin to read, and then you start to ask questions of of the text and of, you know, what does God say in here? What is the writer saying? And who is he writing it? And all of that. And, and that primes you to say, I think I'll do this again. I, I want more of that, right? Yeah. Well, that's, it's, it's kind of a, I call it the gracious, vicious cycle. You know, we meditate on God's word, which causes us over time, it may not happen immediately, but over time to delight in God's word and to know that we need it and to crave it, which causes us to go back and meditate more on God's word. And it just keeps going and going. Uh, we see that connection all throughout scripture. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So is there a is there a pleading prayer that you suggest, or is that too formulaic? Mm. Oh, I mean, I would just say go to Psalm 119, because that's what the whole psalm is about. The whole psalm is the singer extolling the greatness of the Lord and His law, which, you know, for, for us in the New Covenant, we could just call all of God's Word, all of Scripture. And, and yet we see in this prayer— uh, a guy who's struggling, a guy who's really struggling to want God's word, a guy who's struggling in a dark world that hates God's word. Um, I love the way that it ends. It's just so realistic. The very last verse says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. I mean, how often is that? Is that you and me? <laughs> Help me, Lord. <laughs> I go astray. I want other things more than you. And yet I love you and you know that I love you. It's like Peter talking to Jesus, Lord, you know I love you. So I would say start there. Uh, form Psalm 119 into your own prayers. It's a beautiful place to begin. 
Yeah. And, and maybe even there's, there are stories in the, in the book about people who have been around God's word, you know, grew up in the church, grew up in Awana. I memorized all this scripture and then I just, I couldn't do it. Uh, is there one story that comes to mind when I say that? Well, my friend, um, my friend Lydia shared a testimony and our stories are very similar. So her story resonated with me a lot. She was raised in a family of faith. Um, her dad was a pastor. I believe her grandfather was also a pastor. So she was very familiar with scripture and with truth about God. And um, I think would even say from a young age, she had put her faith in him. And yet for us, for people like Lydia and like myself, I think over-familiarity can be kind of a danger because we can start to lose uh, kind of the initial joy and love of our, of our salvation, um, the love that we had at first. And so Lydia says that it wasn't until the Lord kind of put her in a leadership role at her church where she was um, not only receiving the word in a Bible study format, but teaching it, where she came to a greater sense of her need for him to help her love it and help her understand. And isn't that the whole of the Christian life? God exalts the humble. He draws near to the lowly in heart who know that they need him. He's not looking for Christians who think they have their acts all together. He's looking for the humble who know their need. That's Kristen Weatherall from September, and we're re-airing this conversation today because we're ending the year on a helpful spiritual note. Today through next Monday, you're going to hear programs that deal with your heart. Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth will be with us Thursday from the beginning of this year talking about Bible journaling. So I hope you'll join us for the series. Today we're highlighting Help for the Hungry Soul by Kristen Weatherall. It's our featured resource at chrisfabrylive.org. Click through today's information right there, chrisfabrylive.org. There's more straight ahead coming up here on Moody Radio. That great theologian said it well, Bruce Springsteen. Everybody's got a hungry heart, right? And he's right. And Kristen Weatherall has written Help for the Hungry Soul. If that is you today, she has eight encouragements to grow your appetite for God's Word. That's our featured resource. If you click through to today's information right there at chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. I think that there are a lot of people listening who have gone through this dry spell or dry season or you just can't do it anymore. And I want to talk with you. Uh, Sherry's in Minnesota. Sherry, why did you call today? Oh, wow. You know, sometimes when you get in the car and God just says, here's the message, Sherry, would you please just sit and listen? <laughs> um, that's me today. <laughs> um, I'm kind of in a season, well, I'm in a season of grieving, which is going to probably be a very prolonged season with my mom having Alzheimer's and my husband's MS dementia is really kicking in. So um, I was one of those knowledgeable women, you know, a Titus II woman that felt like I could really help other people from all of the other issues in life that I've already been through, but didn't dream that it would be this difficult of a one that I would be going through now at my age. So I've been praying for a women's Bible study. And, you know, God says be specific. So <laughs> I said, 
Lori, I would really just love to be able to get back in your word. And I can't focus on reading right now or even get in your word. How about throwing a video with it? And I text several Christian friends to see what was happening at their churches. And it sounded like the absolute best women's study for me right now with a women's book of prayer and a video. I was so excited. And I got in. It was so overwhelming, way too big of a group. It was too much that I was dealing with with the grieving that I just knew I couldn't be focused or whatever. I went home very discouraged. I happened to share it with my daughter that's been home since the pandemic to help with my husband and things. A couple days later, she said, Mom, you know that really neat place that you cleaned up in the garage? How about we just go out there this morning and go through the Jesus Calling? Well, we've done that for the last three or four days, and it has been the most incredible blessing to have someone come up along beside you when you can't even focus on three words in a row and they just sit there Mm. and read with you and it's been so incredible so to to listen to this program today i just can't thank you enough for addressing this issue i am so glad that you were in the car and that you heard this and at the risk of trying to fix the situation that you're in i think you said that your mom had a diagnosis of Alzheimer's and your husband. Is that right? Um, My mom has the Alzheimer's and my husband has chronic neurological Lyme disease, which basically is just a bunch of lesions all over your brain and spine. Yeah. You're in it. You're just in a rough, tough pickle. And I have a friend, Debbie Barr, who wrote a book called Grace for the Unexpected Journey. It's a 60-day devotional for especially Alzheimer's, dementia. But her main point is the people who are caring for those other folks have this weight on them that that, that they cannot carry. And I'm so glad that your daughter is in. So when we get done here, I want you to hang on and Tahira will get your uh, information. I want to send you a copy of that. But also, Kristen, I want you to, to respond. What would you like to say? Oh, sweet Sherry. I battled chronic Lyme disease years ago, and it is a serious fight. And so I would, can I just pray for you and for your family? Is that is that acceptable, Chris? Oh, acceptable. <laughs> I pray? Absolutely. Oh, bless you, sister. Lord, thank you for your perfect timing, and thank you that you have brought Sherry here today. Lord, you know our frame, and you remember that we are dust. And as a father has compassion for his children, so you have compassion for those who fear you. And that is such a precious promise, Lord. You know what Sherry is going through because you walked in the same flesh. And I pray that Jesus would be such a comfort to her right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit would come, would abide, would work through your word. And Lord, I pray that you would give her a hunger that cannot be satisfied anywhere else but by you and by your word. Uphold her family. Give them strength. Help them to look to you in every fight. And I pray this in Jesus' strong name. Amen. 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 Sherry, I hope that... Sometimes that you don't think the Lord is really caring for you, and then he does something like this, and you're reminded how much he truly does love us. Yeah. 
Amen. Well, and I, I, you know, the, the humility here is you realizing I can't do this. I can't do it on my own. I'm dependent on him and you need help, you know, there in, and I think that's, you know, we, we often get this, um, isol- when we're dealing with someone who's going through a really rough time, we kind of isolate and we get to ourselves and we, th- we think I've got to do this myself. And so that increases the isolation and the enemy can attack you and say, you're not going to understand that scripture, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And so I'm glad that you were humble enough, Sherry, to call in here today and just express that somebody else was helped by what you've just said. So hang on to here is going to get your information. I'd love to send you Debbie's uh, book there that I, I think will encourage you as well. Uh, but that brings us back, Kristen, to that whole idea of a lot of people thinking of the quiet time and there must be a formula, there must be something, and maybe I'm not doing it right. Maybe I'm not, you know, I hear about they read through the Bible in a year or six months or 90 days, and I'm not doing that. And so we compare, we contrast, help the person who's saying, I don't feel like I'm doing it right. Oh, I would love to because that is me. So often that has been me. Uh, just I'm very type A personality. I love things just so. I'm kind of an overachiever. And so I have felt so many times that, oh, I just must be failing in this or I'm just not doing it right. I'm not feeling all the things that I should feel. Um, and so I'm going to say something to encourage our listeners and then also encourage you to not turn me off. Ready? Okay. There is no command in the Bible about having a daily quiet time, the way that we like to think of it. Shocker, right? Shock. Instead, what God commands in the Bible is so much freer and broader, and it's better. I mean, just listen to a few of these verses. In Deuteronomy 6, God says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. In John 15, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's saying, abide in me, and let my words abide in you. In Philippians, we read, hold fast to the word of life. So these are general commands to pursue God's heart and to let him pursue us. But there's no formula for it. God is not prescriptive about how we come to his word. He just wants us to come to him, which is such good news. It really is. And I mentioned uh, in the break, when I was in my 20s, I, I had this really great job and I got to uh, ask famous pastors, you know, any question that I wanted to, luminary theologians. And one question that I was always would always ask is, what's your quiet time like? What's your quiet time? Tell me what you do. What do you do? Is it in the morning? Is it in the evening? What is it? And I would, I would look at this. I didn't know it at the time, but I was looking at it as kind of a litmus test. What do I need to do to be okay? What do I need to do in order to rate, you know, come up to at least kind of the bar that J.I. Packer had <laughs> in his life, you know, or, or whomever it was? And I was sitting with uh, Stuart Briscoe, who passed away in the last year or so, and I asked him that question. And he had this real strong British accent. And I thought he was going to give me the same thing. You know, here's you got to read in this section and this section and this section and do this study and et cetera. And he said, quote, before my head hits the pillow, I get my nose in the book. (laughs) And I thought, 
that, then no way. That's that's too easy, Stuart. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than that. Before my head hits the pillow, I get my nose in the book. So do you do it at night? Do you do it in the morning? Before my head hits the pillow, I get my nose in the book. He didn't give me a prescription. He just said that the scripture is so important just get into it and allow God to do what he's going to do in you as you read it. So I want to encourage you with that. I greet wholehearted with you, with Kristen Weatherall today. Uh, Help for the Hungry Soul is our featured resource. Click through today at chrisfabrylive.org. Help for the Hungry Soul. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. One of the great things that's happened in the last few months here on Chris Fabry Live is I've been able to introduce many of you to the ministry of CareNet. And sometimes guests will come on, and it's one of the first questions I ask before we go on the air or in a break, have you ever heard of CareNet? And many times they'll say, oh, yeah, absolutely. I know what kind of great work they're doing. And other times they'll say, no, I've never heard. Tell me about it. I want to tell you about this gospel-infused ministry that really relies on the church coming alongside it. Since 2008, more than a million babies have been saved. Men and women who are going through a crisis pregnancy have reached out to CareNet. And because of that relationship that has grown between them and someone who cares enough to give them another answer than, I'll just go have an abortion, a million babies have been born and they want to continue doing that good work. But they really believe this issue is one of discipleship because what women and men need most of all is the liberating love of Jesus in their lives. That's why CareNet developed Making Life Disciples. It's a program to equip churches to provide compassion, hope, help, and discipleship to men and women who are considering abortion. You can find out more when you go to chrisfabrylive.org. Click the green button right there. We make it as easy as we can. <laughs> Just go to chrisfabrylive.org and click CareNet today. Somebody you know needs to know about the ministry of CareNet, and you can be the person to introduce them to this ministry. Again, go to chrisfabrylive.org and click CareNet today. Kristen Weatherall is with us. Help for the Hungry Soul is our featured resource. When you go to that website, just click through today's information. You'll find out more. Kristen, before we end the program today, I want you to talk to the person who's listening who says, when I sit down and when I open the Bible and when I start to read, nothing happens. I don't feel anything. It's becoming rote for me. Talk to that person. What would you say? Mm, yeah, that's a that's a great thought. A, a few things come to mind. One is consider the effect of our current cultural moment, especially technology, on our ability to uh, to to trust that slow and unseen work of God that He's doing. Because uh, truly, technology has rewired our brains <laughs> and. And now we are all attuned to instant gratification and the quick fix and uh, even even kind of an emotional high, getting that hit. And unfortunately, I think it bleeds into our understanding of 
of walking with God in his word. I just think we expect things to happen quickly. But the work of God is a slow and an unseen work. That doesn't mean that he can't do things quickly and things very powerfully. Um, he does all the time. But um, this is why, you know, we, it's called walking by faith and not by sight. We can't we can't see Jesus right now. And that's that can be hard. But um, another encouragement that I often think about is, even though I can't see Jesus and, and, and I'm wondering what's going on, he has given me something that I can see. He's given me words on pages of paper printed with ink in a book. And that's such a marvelous gift. And what is what, what does his word say? There's a promise here from Isaiah 55 that, that I'd love to share. And um, it says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So part of walking by faith is trusting the word of God, trusting the promise of God. I mean, that's an incredible promise. I may not be able to see immediately what God is doing, but his word will not return void. I often, Chris, I often like to think about uh, a tree in the winter in here in the Midwest. You know, all the leaves are, are gone off the tree. It looks dead. <laughs> looks terrible. Looks dead. And yet it's not because there is life in the roots. And come spring, that tree will bear fruit. And that tree will grow leaves and it will prosper. And sometimes that's how it feels with us who are walking by faith, you know? Uh, I feel barren. Is there any fruit? Is this doing anything? But friend, if you're if you are united to Christ, his very life is in you. There is life in the roots of your heart. And so my encouragement would be don't give up. Keep running to the word, keep trusting that promise. And in time, watch watch the fruit that God bears because he is faithful. And keep pleading for that hunger. You know, God, yes. bring that, create that hunger. Create me a clean heart and create this hunger. Throughout the book, there are these stories. I want to read a little bit from Aubrey. She's in her 30s. She's single. In my mid-20s, I walked through a year of deep anxiety following a successful, stressful dating relationship. My mind felt constantly assaulted with thoughts that I couldn't control, accusations of sin, fear that something horrible would happen to me or because of me, exhaustion. I, most nights I barely slept. This anxiety was quickly joined by doubts over my salvation. I imagined God was stingy and punitive and maybe not real. I couldn't read some parts of the scripture, especially Jesus' sermons, because they seemed too angry. God seemed to reserve his love and salvation for those who followed him perfectly, which I knew I was not doing. I had to stop reading the Bible too close to bedtime because my mind would fixate on a harsh-sounding verse and turn it over all night long. Is anybody going through this? Do you feel, do you resonate with that? But the Lord gave me friends who were constant and firm in reminding me of what was true. And older friends spoke scripture to me every time we met. And she encouraged me to safeguard my time in God's word. At first, I read the same few Psalms over and over, which goes back, Kristen, to what you were talking about, Psalm 119. I read Psalms where the writer praised God for saving him at a time of distress, for being a refuge and for never forsaking his saints. In these Psalms, God wasn't stingy. He was a rescuer. 
So that's a that's the way that she got out of that real deep valley. I think of Psalm twenty three too. Got out of that valley through Scripture, right? That's right. Yeah, I think we often, uh, when we're struggling in in the Word, when we're walking through a time of suffering and we're we're doubting God's goodness to us, I think it's easy to pull away from Scripture. But it, it makes me think of of what the disciples said when Jesus asked them, are, are you going to go away too? Because he was being deserted by so many. And they said, Lord, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so that would be my encouragement and my challenge to, to someone who's listening, who's in that spot wondering, you know, can God be trusted? Uh, can his word be trusted? Friend, where else can you go? And I, you know, I just pray that as you stay in the word and ask for God's help, that he will revive your heart again. Yeah. Do you agree with me that that prayer, as we're talking, we could put Bible reading, we could put prayer in just about everything, you know, yeah. with the distraction and all of that, that this really is a an act of reading the Bible is an act of faith, that God is really there, that this is really his word, and that he wants us to interact with him this way. Prayer is the same thing, isn't it? It totally is. And the two are, the two are intimately connected. I'm reading a book right now where the author is talking about the divine dialogue, and he says it's, that sounds super fancy and ministerial, but he said, all, all I mean is God speaks to us, and then we speak back to God. They're related. We receive, and then we respond. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. It is, and you've done a really good job with this, Kristen, because it it is. There's no shame here at all, and that's what I've loved about our conversation. You know, there there's no shame. There's no prescription. Although you do, there's in the uh, there's an appendix on if you've not read the Bible, here's a great way to start. So the, the the book is not a necessarily a how to, but you do include some helps, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there are manifold ways that we can get into God's Word, and it might look different for each of us, but I I provide a few of those in the book. Well, as I said, you've done a really good job, and thanks for spending this time with us. And now you can go back to those three little ones and say, I I had a good conversation with Chris, and now we're all together again. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. That's Kristen Weatherall. Help for the Hungry Soul is our featured resource. It's subtitled Eight Encouragements to Grow Your Appetite for God's Word. You can find out more at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Now, coming up tomorrow, another program topic that can cause you a little consternation, a little angst, and that is Bible memorization. Don't gasp and don't say you're too old to memorize. We really had an encouraging conversation with Glenna Marshall back in October, and she's up tomorrow as our Biblical Encouragement series continues right here on Chris Fabry Live, which is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.